0: one story at a time. I think that's what it comes down to. This idea that you wanna change something, it's, it's incremental.
1: Hello, thanks for joining. This is Proof of Change brought to you by ChangeDAO. This is a space to elevate the stories of changemakers using NFTs as a force for change. My name is Drew Simon. Let me introduce you to today's guest, David All. David is the founder and CEO of ChangeDAO, the NFT marketplace for change. He is a storyteller, but more so a great listener. He understands the interconnectedness of our stories, how to navigate big systems and involve stakeholders by crafting stories that folks can hear, and believes that together we're all going to change the world for the better, one story at a time. Please join me in welcoming David to the Proof of Change podcast. So let's dig into your background a bit. Throughout your career, you have embraced the role of storyteller. You were a speechwriter in the US Senate and pioneered social media and politics and advocacy but you also worked with organizations including Intel, Google, Burning Man, and the Better Business Bureau. You've organized 60 plus events aimed at bringing people together with stories. And recently, you're a co-author of a paper published in an open science journal identifying opioid treatment deserts. Why is storytelling an important part of your life? And how did that lead you to founding ChangeDow? You
0: know, Drew, I think a storyteller, first and foremost, is the best listener. And for me, I've always been able to sit at the right hand of an individual or an organization and really understand what they're trying to accomplish and then piece that all together in a way that all sorts of folks can comprehend what they have to say. And so I think about storytelling for me as sort of this outsider and as an observer, but as someone who's also on the inside and helping other people connect the dots within that vantage point. So storytelling, well, there's a lot of layers in a story. There's innovation, the ability to connect the dots, telling a story in a totally different way so that other people can hear it. And a lot of times that involves using different language or starting all the way back at the beginning and bringing people up to speed.
1: And I like what you said there right at the beginning, a storyteller is uh, the most important part is being a good listener. Um, and I can tell that you've done that because everything that you have been doing throughout your career has really been informed by hearing the stories of others, which is truly incredible, whether it's other changemakers like yourself that are using the power of stories to, to make some sort of change in the world. So let's shift then and talk about changemakers and what that means, because that's a, a big term and you know can be interpreted in different ways. So what are changemakers and what is it inside of you that drives you to make change in the world?
0: Change makers are problem solvers. And you state the problem in a way for others to hear, but also feel what that problem is. And a lot of times for me as a storyteller, I spend so much time bringing people together to the table to really understand what that problem is to be able to listen, and then to be able to actively participate in coming up with a solution. After all, it's all the stakeholders that can solve a problem, but it starts with the story.
1: Now, before we go any further, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening in and to ask one small favor. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast, and if your platform allows it, give us a rating. To stay up to date on the latest with Out, head to changedow.org and subscribe to our newsletter. Now back to David and his story of change. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned yeah, bringing people together, all the stakeholders that can solve a problem, and that kind of leads to change right? Because that is what it is. It's a a group of changemakers coming together uh, to solve some sort of important problem. So, so tell me about that. Tell me how you arrived at Change out. What was that big moment, that spark that got it all started?
0: Change out started at a hackathon. Uh, at least the idea for it, I would say it was in early spring of 2021, I saw a tweet from the ETH global team regarding a hackathon called Scaling Ethereum, and it just seemed like the right moment. I had spent, I'd been spending a couple of months really diving into DeFi, and I'd actually written a white paper for an NFT platform in 2017 but had never really actively engaged with the technology. I was diving in, you know, back then, digging into the philosophy, the white papers, learning all about it, but then really lost touch with how it had grown up. And so in 2021, I started diving back into it. And when I saw this hackathon opportunity, I realized that that was my moment to jump in and learn and just be a part of something. And I have always been a part of hackathons. I've organized many hackathons, Mm -hmm. uh, wearable technology events aimed at solving civic challenges like homeless, homelessness, um, you know, video game jams for good. I have organized a new style of a hackathon called a hackaroo, uh, which instead of being sort of a competitive, everyone built their own type of uh, solution uh that you know the hackaroo would actually give everyone the same brief to come up with a solution to solve a very well defined problem and then everyone would continue to work on the problem after that so i 've always loved hackathons. I consider myself a hacktivist um you know when President Barack Obama created the national day of civic Hacking in twenty thirteen or or so I created civic hacks. And uh, his call was he urged entrepreneurs like me and innovators to join hands with government officials and and folks that were focused on solving local civic challenges and try and solve them. So that I answered that call as well and spent, you know, close to five years uh, building all sorts of solutions, working hand in hand with institutions like the Ohio State University and, uh, you know, the mayor in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from and was living at the time. And, and of course, the creative knowledge community, which has really always been my focus. How do we use these creative knowledge skill sets to make a difference in the world? And so I answered that call for the ETH Global Hackathon. And yeah, I just, you know, they ask you to create an introduction card, sort of explaining what you do. And, and I just put mine into the mix. I didn't want to lead a project. I just wanted to be recruited and kind of be a part of something. And I was reached out to by Peter Upapong, who is our uh, platform lead. And he was organizing a team around student loans and kind of what was happening there. And, and I just felt a really good vibe with Peter. And I really liked what they were doing. And I felt like I could help shape their the problem a little bit differently for them and and probably help craft the solution a little bit as well to focus on something which i had been thinking a little bit about which was how do we use an nft marketplace to solve change however small one story at a time and so we created a solution you know that hackathon was three weeks and we created a solution called penny dow and penny dow was quite frankly, a solution where my sister, who is a nurse in Chicago, who has loads of student loan debt still, uh, could submit her story as an NFT. And then if someone is moved by that story, they could you know, acquire it, right? And make yeah. an exchange of assets. And for me, that was obviously a big moment because I realized uh, in doing that and working with the devs and working with the whole team that this was really special. That this technology, that Web3, that NFTs, that blockchain in general, this is a huge shift, uh, particularly for me, someone who had spent you know close to 10 years at that point in this hacktivist world of looking at how technology can be used. It seemed to cross a lot of the T's and dot a lot of the I's that I think we're missing, you know, and, and for me it really got back to that idea of proof of participation in something, you know, like that, that individual, that collector that purchased that student loan debt for my sister, right, purchased mm-hmm. her story, they would make a real meaningful change in that person's life, you know, and what that could mean for this idea of like making a local impact and helping shift the idea of change a little bit.
1: That's a really cool story of, of how you got here from, from the hackathon uh, a couple of years back. And um, hackathons are really truly something special. I know that I've participated in a few myself, and obviously they've been a big part of your story and have translated through to ChangeDAO. as I know that the dev team has also uh, made use of hackathons quite a bit to develop uh, the ChangeDAO platform, um, You know, getting into that flow, that You just you know coming together around a common cause and just getting it done. And what do you about? I want to dig into that a bit around hackathons. What do you makes it really kind of a special magical experience in a sense?
0: I think a lot of it is it's what I loved about campaigns. You know, I I come from a political pedigree, uh, and you know, one of my first things was a campaign manager for a congressional campaign. And when there's a very defined end zone. You, know, you either win or lose on election day. People work really, really hard on that common goal. And I think that's what I really love about how ChangeDAO is coming together is that every project, in a sense, can be seen as having these very clear defined ideas of what change means to that change maker, right? And the participation in that, let's say you acquire one of the NFTs, you're participating you know you have mm-hmm. a proof of change in that you were there you crossed the line you shouldered up with that change and you made it happen and no one can ever take that away from you and i feel like that has been the missing component in everything that i've been doing for decades you know that has been the one piece that i've tried to tried to pull out and you know in words and come up with the the great The greatest calls to action, and really helping people feel like they're making an impact, and using points, and gaming mechanics, and Mm -hmm. you know, rewarding people with badges and and things like that. But it it really is just that idea that no, this is something you own forever. It's immutable and it's transferable, uh, and that's extremely special. So yeah, I think like that energy of the hackathon, that unstoppable mindset that your team has and everyone has to participate you know and you may not you may find yourself doing something that you've never done before Mm -hmm. on one of these teams you know that's often the case for me where i just love being a utility player and that means me running out to get coffee for the team or or writing all the copy or you know creating the ux information architecture trying my hand at design designing a logo you know whatever it is right it's just like You have three, in this case, we had three weeks to do it. And at the end of the day, we were going to be finished with it. And so for me, I just focused a hundred percent on Penny Dow, worked as a part of the team. Um, You know, it's a very egalitarian environment. I think leaders naturally emerge on teams like that, but for the most part, everyone is contributing and everyone is there for the right reason, you know, and I think that's one of the most powerful things about change is that we've bootstrapped this thing for a year now, you know, and everyone that is a part of change is here for the right reasons. And that's something that you can't, well, you can't take it away from anyone. Right. And the people that participate, they were there, you know, they shouldered up, they helped make it happen. And yeah, I think, yeah, these things are really special. Uh, yeah. And it, for us, it started at a hackathon, but that's a spirit that we still carry today.
1: Absolutely. Unstoppable mindset was two words you used there. And I think that that really sums up the magic of a hackathon, right? Getting a, a group of folks together around a common goal. Um, and you get really get into that state of flow or, or unstoppable mindset, like you mentioned. And you talked a lot there about what NFTs and blockchain bring to the table that was missing before, You know that fills that gap. And you'd mentioned that you wrote a white paper in 2017 for an NFT marketplace. So you obviously saw the potential in this technology uh, long before many did. So tell me more about that. What makes blockchain and NFTs so special as a force for change?
0: Yeah, I remember reading the Bitcoin white paper and just being so blown away at the simplicity of the argument and the logic and overall just understanding inherently the idea that you know there's a system where willing parties can transact directly with each other without this need for a trusted third party right this this peer to peer system that can exist in a in a in a place where there isn't a middleman and i think it's that that basic understanding of blockchain which which I'm, I'm gonna talk about in a little bit in the answer to this question. But it, it's that basic framework of the distributed ledger that Ethereum then built upon and Vitalik Buterin and his team built up this community run technology, which powers the currency uh, called ether, but also thousands of decentralized applications. And I know that you remember it, but you know, Jeff on our team was talking about, you know, solidity and smart contracts, which is, you know, what an NFT marketplace is all about. And, and, you know, he talked about smart contracts as many computer programs, which are reliable because they can never be changed. Right. And that's so powerful because a smart contract today will have the exact same behavior for as long as the network continues running. And so changed Al starts to connect the dots between these two things in a really powerful way, right? And so we think about ChangeDAO as, yes, NFT marketplace for change, but, but also it's doing a lot within the distributed ledger itself. And with that, you know, we, our factories, you know, we have our smart contracts enables our change makers to customize and deploy contracts to Ethereum that are immutable, reliable and permanent. So what I think about with regard to NFTs and Web3 and blockchain technology and the change that is now possible, I think about those two elements. I think about the distributed ledger, what, which Bitcoin created, this decentralized system, this peer-to-peer process and protocol that doesn't require institutions or middlemen or quote-unquote trusted third parties, Um, but also these mini computers, these mini computers that are running on this decentralized or community-powered supercomputer that no government can control, no one can shut it down. Uh, You know, even ChangeDAO can't make changes to our smart contracts that our changemakers deploy. And so we think about things like revenue splits and revenue splits are so important to us, to our change makers, but to the entire ecosystem as well. And so if you think about a smart contract as containing an NFT asset that other people can acquire for some asset, some other type of cryptocurrency, the idea that there's a mint sale, but also a secondary sale or a royalty, that in perpetuity, um, you know, will have value, and so the idea that you can customize your smart contracts with us on ChangeDAO, the smart contracts that a changemaker creates are sovereign. So they customize and deploy their smart contracts, and then they're there forever, right? Permanent, reliable. Uh, immutable. They can't be changed. And so that means that whatever they say, whoever is, are the recipients of the funds from a mint sale, that's where it's going to go. And the same is true for a royalty. So in perpetuity, you could support a any sort of cause or, or even your own legacy. And that's so important. But then there's this other side of it, which maybe is not as sexy, uh, but I think it's the game changer. And that to me is this idea of provenance and provenance. So distributed ledger, right? We think about what that is. It's just a list of entries. It's a, it's a database, but everyone has the exact same copy. And as entries are added, everyone has that same exact copy of that distributed ledger. right? And so I think about each of those entries as individual stories and If you have all of these individual stories, if you were able to piece them back together, you would create a book. And a book could, if you have a book of entries, you could think about having a library. And you could then categorize where those books are in the library. And all of the sudden, I start thinking, going all the way back to like the printing press, and how that democratized the idea of spreading a message far and wide, a very clear one message, right? Every word was the same, Um, but then democratizing it much further, or should I use the word deinstitutionalizing is what the blockchain is enabling us to do through this idea that we call movements. And with a movement and a proof of change, a project, created by a change maker can be attached to a particular movement. So let's say heritage and culture or civil rights. Uh, These are movements that have lots of stories attached to them, hundreds of years of stories that could have been attached to them if they were all permanently affixed to the blockchain. And we believe that with change down, this idea of provenance is particularly important for change makers because oftentimes, you know, you think about create, you spending all of your time creating something and then you put it out in the world. And if it's not recognized currently by a journalist or even by the folks that you may be supporting in the sale of an asset or whatever the case may be, it can feel really bad. It can actually have a negative effect on the creator. Maybe like no one noticed it, you know? And I feel like throughout my career as a change maker, particularly uh, as a hacktivist, a lot of the things that I've done just simply don't exist because there wasn't media around people were kind of keeping me out, not paying attention or maybe not even including me in their press release, even if it was a project that I created, uh, and drove for five and a half years, and had all sorts of success attached to it. And so, as a change maker now, we get to write the stories, right? But not only that, we get to attach it to the add it to as another page in the same book as all of those other folks that that we are working alongside of and in their efforts, right doing their part. And then not only that, the blockchain and the way that we're organizing it, we're thinking a lot about things like the Dewey Decimal System and library sciences and, and provenance in that way, right? And this way that if it's all this distributed information, we could categorize it. And that starts at the outset, at the launch of our first project. And yeah, I think, you know, I, there's nothing more powerful than to say that no matter what you do as a change maker, it will be a part of the permanent record forever and ever people will be able to identify that you created this project, you know, success or not, it it doesn't even matter, but just a part of the story. Right. Because too often, I think as we think about change makers that come to mind, you know, like a Martin Luther King Jr. For me, or Gandhi, you know, these folks had all sorts of articles written about them and they created all sorts of really powerful speeches that were recorded and televised but there's all sorts of people that are participating in these movements of change. They're very fluid. They're, they're more like a river, you know, they're, they're always moving. There's all sorts of creeks that that bubble over into them and help sort of bring it all down to the ocean. And, you know, that's, yeah, I guess as I'm thinking about what is the power of this thing, it's categorizing all this information. It's this power of having an asset that's digital that has, these ideas of scarcity and rarity and provability, you know, you can always pr- prove that the person created it. You can take it back to the contract and prove its authenticity and, and genuineness. And then you can also attach that story to help contribute, right? You can add it to all of the giants that you're standing upon to create it in the first place.
1: Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty sexy to me. He said that uh, some might not find the provenance side of things, too sexy. But I mean, I think you did a great job explaining just the power of it and how it really lead to real meaningful, permanent change, which is truly incredible. So you've obviously put a lot of thought into this. So let's break down change Dow a bit and kind of um, the philosophy or the, or the protocol behind it. And I've heard you describe change now as the proof of change protocol. Can you tell me more about proof of change and what that means to you? One story at a time.
0: You know, I I think that's what it comes down to. This idea that You want to change something. It's it's incremental, but there's a lot of people working on things and being able to attach your story, your project, your NFT, your artwork, your poem, your music, your song, you know, whatever it is, you can attach that to the movement, right? That is bringing the culture to life in a really powerful way. And I think about what we see now. I mean, it's frustrating, of course, having worked on something for a year and of course seeing like the next five or 10 or 20 years out as well. And of, you know, in my head, it's a complete project and we've launched it and we're already doing all these things. But, you know, I, I look at the projects out there now and I see shooting stars and shooting stars kind of come and go. They're easy to miss maybe in a Twitter stream, right? Someone does something really magnificent to make some change in the world, but the next day it's gone. And uh, we have a quick memory when it comes to this space and there isn't a lot of media paying attention. Um, There's not a lot of coverage. Uh, There's not a lot of people working to archive or even thinking what's happening is important. And we think all of it is so important. And I, especially in my heart, just see these things come and go all the time I try to do what I can and initially I was trying to buy a lot of the pieces and participate but you know that only goes so far you know and uh, then I can't even participate and I can do what I can to retweet but it's really a platform design that has to make the difference and so if you think about a shooting star as being sort of this meteorite that just kind of enters the orbit and is absolutely beautiful and catches your eye and makes you wonder a little bit, but then it's gone. And then you're staring up at that sky again. Well, I take it back to the storytellers. You know, I take it back to those elders and those ancients that looked up at the sky and realized that a story could provide a new utility around various stars, you know, stars themselves are, about four to five light years apart, very far away from each other, right? A lot of space between them. But together, a story is able to connect those dots and turn them into a constellation. And if you've ever looked up at the sky and noticed maybe Orion's belt, then that's because a storyteller long ago applied a story to it. And that story lasted a long, 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 long time. And the purpose for that was, of course, you know, transcendence in a way and stories and bringing, you know, different cultures had their own constellations and things like that as well. But also a lot of utility, right? Stars were directional. They were helping people understand where they were and where they needed to go. And so the, the story itself, the stars, just their placement gave people a lot of utility. And so I think about that, right? I think about those. So in our, in our, in ChangeDAO, we have a modular system. We understand that social impact is not a monolithic approach, but there are many ways to solve a problem. We think about change makers as problem solvers. And when you're a problem solver you pull in the various pieces and parts to get the job done. And this modular space there's there's space between these entities. So the change maker may have nothing to do with a nonprofit that they support or may just be somewhat related to a DAO, uh, you know, a social impact DAO that they want to help support or, or 10 or 15 artists that they want to uplift as part of a, a movement, right? But it's being bound together in that one story that that change maker creates of how together those components are making a change in the world that really builds trust. And it builds a lot of trust because it's that reputation. It's sort of old fashioned, right? That we focus so much on trust and, and uh, you know, the idea that people have reputations and, and an ethos, and they can sort of uplift people just by doing those things, by introducing them into a system or as part of a story, but that's how it works. And, you know, I live in Seattle. And in Seattle, we see a lot of these tugboats driving around and they're just solo tugboats, you know, in my heart, I feel like I'm a tugboat as a change maker. You know, it's like, you're just doing a job, you know, you, you can, you're designed, you can do a whole hell of a lot of things. You've got one of the most powerful, you know, engines that's ever been built. Your hole is designed to dig deep into the, into the water so that you can pull things that are you know, hundreds and thousands of times your weight. I mean, just truly a marvel, right. Of, of science and, and technology. Um, But oftentimes just one pilot, you know, driving those things. But I think a lot about change makers in this idea and the movement as well, in the sense that a movement may be one giant vessel, you know, that every, every change maker out there can go and kind of just throw a line to and Connect themselves to and start pulling or pushing it forward just a little bit at a time, right? Making that incremental change. And so, I guess, in a way, when I imagine these things, I always imagine bringing people together, you know, because being a change maker is a very lonely, lonely place. And it's not lonely in the sense of it's hard to be alone. Because, you know, oftentimes, you have to be alone to work, you know, and uh, no change is afraid of working. So I don't think it's like the physical aloneness, but it's, it's sometimes like, maybe I'm not even heard. Like, wow, I just did all of this work. And did anyone even notice, you know, and, and that can feel really awful. So, yeah, I think we've designed this protocol, this proof of change concept really to show people that they're not alone. You know, I mean, right now is pride month, you know, and there's all sorts of people working on projects to push the needle forward, but they're not working together per se, right. They're not really connected like we could connect them. And that would be really powerful, right. To show in a, you know, on a timeline, right. (laughs) That there, that they created their event and that, there was an action taken and that something happened this is the artwork that was attached to it but they had their place right they were able to participate and that alone feels like purpose
1: i love that and i'm going to go back to the first five words you said to answer that question that really stuck with me and that was one story at a time and i think that that really is what's behind this podcast as well right is that it's about sharing those stories one at a time that will come together collectively and and drive some amazing, meaningful change. Um, and so, on that note of proof of change, that's also, I understand, the first project uh, on changed out, and that you were the change maker responsible for that project. So, what's the purpose of this project? Tell me more about it.
0: Yeah, I guess the words that come to mind are self worth and value and dignity and togetherness. You know, in my experience as a change maker all of the things that I've always done have been as a part of something much bigger than myself. And I may have had a particular role at leading something or putting the ideas together or enrolling others in the movement, but it's always been a team effort. And until, well, let me just say that with proof. Change. We're able to recognize the thirty or so meaningful contributors to ChangeDAO. Right. So for proof of change for us, it's these are the thirty people that you know I know meaningfully contributed to the creation of ChangeDAO. And oftentimes, I guess in the past, even you know in my own experience when I've created a project it's always been this big rock that we're pushing up a hill, right? Like a giant stone. We're always the underdogs, man, unfunded, no funding, no, no chance of funding, you know, not even asking, but just people coming together with an idea and starting to push this rock up the hill. And when you're doing that, when you're in a mindset, this unstoppable mindset, when you have that unstoppable mindset i know that i will never move away from that rock you know because it's my integrity as the change maker i am responsible i am accountable for it and i'm going to do everything i can to get it up but along the way people come and help you at different times and sometimes people have to leave for all sorts of reasons and that's okay too because their contribution matters right and I wasn't alone in this process of getting this rock up the hill and with ChangeDAO, it's been a monumental effort for sure. We've had a lot of starts and stops and, you know, changing our direction based on needs that were brought to the table that we hadn't thought about, but it's all of those contributors, whether devs, designers, storytellers, like yourself, of course, uh, operations folks elders you know these these individuals that stepped forward and shouldered up with us to make this thing happen and proof of change is their proof that they were a part of it and what i can do as the change maker is acknowledge them and recognize them forever in the provenance of this genesis nft that they were there, that they did their part. And so the other thing that we can do is take a stand for maybe even a bigger movement and to use, as I was talking about, with, a, with an NFT, you have a mint sale and you have secondary sales or royalties as, as something is sold and resold for, for eternity. There will always be that value capture, which is just so powerful. And so what I'm able to do is determine how that's split. And so I made the decision to give everyone a fair slice of the pie, all 30 or so contributors. And certainly some people have done a lot more work than others, but every person that stepped up did something really meaningful for us. And that matters quite a bit. And so, yeah, I want to recognize that, you know, they are the giants of change ChangeDAO, right? It's their shoulders that we were able to stand upon together. And yeah, for the permanence of the blockchain, for everything else, I want them to be a part of it. And we're also able to tap into something even much bigger than what we're doing, right? And as I've been looking around to understand a DAO and how we can operate in a DAO, I've come across this idea of the cooperative. And I've been able to dive into what a cooperative means. And now I understand that Change DAO should be aimed at these principles and how to incorporate those as a cooperative DAO and start to bring these things together. So we're able to uplift this new idea of a movement, right, called a cooperative DAO, where it's a Web3 concept called a DAO but it's standing on the shoulders of giants of folks that have been doing cooperatives for hundreds of years and there are all sorts of business cases and use cases and reasons and advantages and disadvantages of course but it gives us a a story bigger than ourselves to to pull our little tugboat up to and strap on and point that this is this is our contribution to this movement. And these are the people that got us here.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it's all about recognizing the contribution of others and, and coming to bed together and achieving that unstoppable mindset to enact this change that one on their own couldn't do. And that's truly incredible. And that speaks to the power of this technology and and what's being built through change now um, so let's talk now, we're going to shift a little bit away from maybe the technological side of it. And then the power that comes with this technology and the, and the story behind it to the values of change now, because, you know, obviously sticking to those values as one of the most important foundations of the, of the movement is, is, has been so key. So, so tell me more about those values. Let's talk about them. So they're trust, courage, innovation, quality, and community. Why do these values matter so much? And why did you choose them?
0: I feel like these values chose us, you know, when, when we set out to create change now, it was really within the first few months that the core team all agreed that we had to have a set of values because we were making decisions and we were, you know, really aligned by this broader idea and this vision, but we needed a framework with which to bounce our decisions up against. And so I put together these five and put it forth to the core team. And, and we talked about each one of them and yeah, for, for something like values, I think a lot about this because these are really the, the most important aspects of change And these are the elements that drive us forward as a team. And if we're doing anything that's not congruent, with these values, then folks can hold us accountable. And quite frankly, the team would fall apart. And so with the project. And so it's it's a way to publicly state where the line is. And when you draw that line in the sand, it allows people to cross over to it because it's clear. And so I think about, you know, that's part of trust, right? A big part of trust. You know, another one of those big aspects for us was being this publicly identified team. And, you know, everyone on the core team is public, verifiable, proven, you know, it's a part of this thing, has a LinkedIn, you know, you can talk to us. Um, But it's also a whole lot of things that we're doing with the blockchain itself, using multi-sig wallets, so that, you know, even me as the founder, I can't move around the assets of the company without other people on the core team acknowledging that transaction and verifying it and submitting it to the blockchain and and so i think that's this beautiful harmony that blockchain allows us um you know in building trust is that you can say something but you can also demonstrate it and you can take actions that prove to people where you stand and over and over and over and over again, we try to elevate those stories, you know, in our, in our docs, for example, on our core values page, you can literally read every, every bullet point. You know, I, I always add bullet points about how we are building trust and about the ways that we are doing that. And I think that trust, especially in web three is lacking, mm-hmm. And I think it's rare to find a team that focuses on high integrity first and foremost, and that's how we're making decisions. That's you know how I'm leading the team is you know that idea of servant leadership, Um, and we're making the decisions that that build that. And when it comes to courage, man, that's change making, right? Everything is about shouldering up with the change that you care about you know for an artist a poet you know you have to be really vulnerable to say something that's meaningful to people and sometimes it can be very difficult if you don't have courage a lot of times you won't post something or put it out there in the world and and that really just kind of hurts everyone so we as a team have to have a lot of courage And our courage has to come and not only, you know, who is a change maker and what that looks like, but, but the courage to slow down, you know, sometimes we want to go faster, but we have to have the courage to make the right decisions to slow it down to to take a step away from something. You know, like our discord when we closed that down because it was so dangerous and just not only our biggest weakness, but the number one threat to our community was, you know, this unsafe corridor of discord and we had the courage to close it down and sure we got some flack from, from folks that feel like we're not being as accessible, but at the same time, for us, it was the right move and we've been doing that ever since and Yeah, that helps lead into innovation. The idea that change making shouldn't be an afterthought, you know, it should be the first and foremost use of technology in the world. And oftentimes it has been, you know, we think about that printing press that I brought up earlier, you know, a lot of people probably know that the first use of that was getting the Bible, you know, out into the world. And you know, right or wrong, but that was some sort of change, right? Uh, Whether or not you agree with it, but that was kind of a change-making thing. But yeah, we think about innovation, something as groundbreaking, as unstoppable as blockchain technology. Well, the change-makers should have the absolute best tools and they should be supported in how to use those tools, right? They should have the information and the education And it should be accessible. So for us, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, people talk a lot about Ethereum, you know, in some negative ways and proof of stake, proof of work, high cost of gas, things like that. But for us, it's the premier blockchain. You know, there's nothing better than Ethereum. I mean, there's a gold standard of decentralization of Bitcoin. I'm a big fan of it. But when it comes to building a decentralized application, there's nothing better than Ethereum. And we want to have access. We want to build the absolute best tools, the most powerful systems, and make those available to the right kind of people, which leads into quality. Quality for us is, you know, this really came out of writing quality code and the code is, again, to that innovation point, you know, solidity, smart contracts, stuff like that. We talked about it as well, but it's quality of, of the code because that's what, where the innovation comes from. And it also builds trust, right? Having high quality, high integrity code. And it's also content. And for us, the content has to be of the highest quality which is why we have a curated platform so that we can ensure that the change makers that have access to this really powerful new platform well they have a strong reputation right they've earned it they've done enough things in their life that we can look at that record and say yeah they're ready for this you know they're going to they're going to follow the terms or they're going to keep this this alive they're aligned with our mission and our values they're in it for the right reasons they're not going to take advantage of other people they're going to help us build even more trust because they're already trusted by the community and then community you know the community is it's not everyone in the world right there is a difference between light and dark and good and evil But, you know, I feel like when it comes to, let's say artists, for example, they've always been a marginalized community, you know, they've always been exploited. There's never really been, well, I don't want to say never, but, you know, artists need safe spaces, they need safe corridors, they need powerful tools, they need access to get their message out and feel safe and feel heard. And so for us, I think that's how we've started to think about defining our community is with our change makers. And in particular with the artists, you know, traditional artists, NFT artists, collectible project artists, um, but then also expanding that out to these components of change that they want to bring into the story, what we call the Web3 social impact ecosystem. And that ecosystem includes nonprofits, but it also includes things like social impact DAOs that don't have an IRS designation, right? They don't have a tax. you know, they don't have a line of code that recognizes that what they're doing is meaningful, um, you know, but there are also just all sorts of collaborators when it comes to change-making. I mean, my, you know, myself as a social entrepreneur, you could certainly look at the things I've done to say that yeah, they've they've made an impact or they've done some things, but you know, that often meant that because I wasn't organized in a certain way, a lot of times people won't even look at you. And so that's another area that we see in our community is really broadening that definition of web three social impact and including not only, you know, nonprofits, but also folks that aren't an institution, you know, because that's part of it as well. And then we have our connectors, you know, and our connectors thread the dots, you know, the, these are the storytellers, you know, th- these are the, this is the golden thread that connects all of these disparate pieces and parts. And, you know, they have the capability to participate in a movement, right? To be a part of a project, whether it's a change maker that they care about or change that moves them but then they're connected to all of the rest of the pieces and the parts of the story. And, and really that can be such a powerful empowered community, right? When you think about all of those things coming together and being connected to one another, that starts to get really exciting for me. And I guess that was a long winded answer to talk about our values, but I hope it was helpful to understand where we come from and I hope that people check out our docs as well you know docs.changedout.org, and read up on these values I mean we're always trying to learn and you know we don't have all the answers we're doing a lot of things right now not only in the technology space but in the business formation space and you know everything else that's brand spanking new so I mean we're learning uh, we love to hear from folks and get feedback
1: yeah, well, thank, thank you for sharing that. And of course, all the links to the docs and everything else related to change that will be in the show notes. Um, and, and I think it's important that you took the time to really go through that because there, there's something there that you mentioned that I think was really important to circle back to. You said that the values kind of draw a line in the sand and to hold you accountable to. In a sense, the values are, you know, without being written into a smart contract, immutable in a sense, right? They're those values that will stay there as. Other factors change in the environment, um, but the, those will always be your kind of north star that you come back to, which I think is so important. Um, and so you mentioned something in there too when when going through the values around you know Discord and that the need to you know although it wasn't an easy decision to to shut that down because of the challenges that come with that. And, you know we've all seen those stories recently in the news about the different hacks and stuff through Discord, and I'm guessing that that was one of those challenges that maybe maybe kept you up at night a little bit thinking about. Um, what the best path forward was. So, so tell me about some of these challenges that have kept you up at night with change as You've been writing this incredible story for this movement.
0: Well, that was definitely one of them. I mean, mm-hmm. closing discord is, I mean, that's like a absolute no, no, I would say. And I think that, <laughs> you know, pretty much every project out there, it's one of the first things that they do is create a discord. And mm-hmm. we went down that road as well, but, That kept me up at night, man, you know, it it really did thinking because I care so much about the safety of the community and, you know, just being able to maintain that trust and also knowing that web three is really tricky. You know, web three is confusing to a lot of people. Um, you know, even I, I get confused as well. Sometimes, you know, you may get a link or someone sends you a DM or tags you on a tweet or something, you know, all of those things are scams and out to get you. And, you know, it's kind of everywhere right now. It's a really toxic place. And so, yeah, I think we, we think a lot about safety and how to create these safe corridors, not only, you know, closing our discord, but also in our events, you know, we spend a lot of time thinking about that and how to bring people together in a way that, you know, feels safe. People can feel heard. We think a lot about it as well in our terms of use, you know, which are really important documents, Um, you know, terms of use are things like how we think about, you know, what is appropriate content for Change Now and, you know, what could get you deplatformed, right? What could get you removed from change now as a change maker? And we, we've had to draw the line in the sand. But I think a lot of that is because, you know, one of the big things that keeps me up at night is, you know, the, the short term thinking, or that seems so prevalent, you know, it's like, coupled with a long term vision, and a project that intends to be around for a very long time. And so we're making decisions that may not make a lot of sense in the current moment, but we think are evergreen and ultimately in the best interest of what we're doing for now and, and the future. But challenges keep me up at night. I mean, there are so many when you're doing something at the leading edge. You know, some of those could be all the unknowns, you know, the regulations, the changing landscapes, the actions that other people take that are outside of our control entirely, that somehow, you know, just kind of paint the entire industry. There's a lot of, there's a lack of knowledge about, you know, what the space is and what's happening. And, you know, a lot of the institutions are kind of confused about how they categorize things. And that may be confusing to a lot of people as well, but you know, I think the most about how to meet the needs of change makers and in the context of building a platform to do it. And sometimes I'll stay up all night, you know, like laying in bed. I, I wish I would just go to sleep, but sometimes I'll just stay up thinking about something and trying to figure out a, a way to come up with a solve, you know. And you know, there are times when I'll I'll pop up in the middle of the night and I'll write something down and come back to it the next morning and you know, what I thought was sort of a eureka, it's like at the starting point of of solving something or working through a solution. But yeah, in the context of this new industry, we're thinking a lot about sustainability. You know, how do we fund this project now? How do we build this project now? I mean, there's a deep sense of urgency to meet the needs of change makers, especially when we have such a clear path forward and a clear vision for the product and our team is just so motivated to get there I think juggling so many other things in our work lives or professional lives or personal lives you know it always sort of gets to that point of you know wish we had more time to work on this all together and because I know that we all would like to be doing that you know how do we service our clients and how do we meet those needs of all the folks in the Web3 social impact ecosystem. I mean, that's a huge, huge group of folks out there that need these services, that need a trusted organization like ChangeDAO that is truly decentralized, you know, to provide the tools and the technology to get them there. And that takes time. We have to build those things. So we're also thinking about things like this, this idea of a cooperative and also coupling that with the idea of a DAO and how we sort of merge this maybe classic or traditional or maybe even old-fashioned business philosophy of a group of folks coming together with our needs now and with the idea of VCs and investors in that world and well their world has changed a lot too with web3 and so we don't exactly know where folks stand you know Where are the boundaries and what does that look like? I think a lot about that in my conversations with folks. And ultimately, well, we have to think about the governance. And as someone who is a designer of or an inventor of a product, it's it can be challenging to have to spend a lot of time thinking about the mechanics of governance or how things come together. Even something like curation can be really daunting task. You know, I don't consider myself an art critic or a curator and I don't even think that's, you know, part of what changed. is interested to do, you know, but I think a lot of it is, just the fact that we don't have all of the answers whatever the challenges that arises and we just have to set aside enough time to work on that solution and sometimes that keeps me up at night
1: well uh you know i can definitely attest to what you had said about you know coming up with those ideas in the middle of the night when i i've been working with you now for a couple months and that's definitely commonplace to see on discord uh, something come through at the three or four AM, and i Nothing to myself, David must never sleep, but now I know why (laughs) a lot of different challenges that are keeping you up and that you're working through. Um, So as we near the end of this conversation, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, the change side of change now. Um, I'm very curious now to learn about the DAO side of it and and why you chose a DAO as as the model that you want to look to moving forward. And, And you spoke about the idea of this cooperative DAO, which I think is incredibly fascinating as well. And, you know, personally being someone who's a big fan of of the history of cooperatives and all they've done uh, to, to move important things forward in the world. Um, so, so let's talk about a DAO. I know that you've started all sorts of businesses and consider yourself a social entrepreneur, as you mentioned earlier, uh, why do you think a DAO is the right model for change now? And what does the future look like?
0: I love this question because it gets to dive into a lot of the nuances. So this may be a good time where some people decide to just sort of, turn this off, (laughs) but I love to dive into the subtleties of a business model because yeah, I have started all the business types that are out there. Several LLCs, C corps, you know, uh, I was instrumental at the certified B corp world, created the world's first B accelerator. So I, I know that world inside out. I was focused a lot on the benefit corporation legislation. Uh, that was going through some of the states. And I've also looked into nonprofits and kind of what that looks like. And for me, I am an entrepreneur. I am an inventor. And for me, I think a lot of it comes down to creating something out of nothing. And a lot of times when you have that unstoppable mindset that you bring to A problem, and you know the solution to. You can. I I feel like the fastest way for me to get there is in the entrepreneurial world and taking the entrepreneurial mindset to that problem as well. Of you know, they always say if you jump off a cliff, the entrepreneur jumps off the cliff and somehow has to build a rocket pack on the way down. You know, it's (laughs) it's it's just the idea of invention and creating something out of nothing. And so I am really excited about a DAO. I think that, so a DAO for, for the folks on the call, you know, it's a decentralized autonomous organization and a DAO is an idea right now. That's all it is. Um, There are, there's one state in the United States that is kind of starting to recognize this idea of a DAO LLC, where they have amended their, their limited liability corporation uh, legislation to include the ideas of smart contracts. Uh, so you can include smart contracts in your articles of incorporation, but, you know, we actually went down that road with Changed Out. We looked into Wyoming really closely with our attorneys. And ultimately, you know, for a few reasons, we just decided number one, it would be impossible to meet their filing requirements because, you know, they were, you know, asking for every single smart contract to be submitted to their regulatory body. And as you know, every single Project on Changed Out is a smart contract. So it, you know, that felt really burdensome. And then the idea as well of, you know, I've spent 10 years on Capitol Hill. You know, I was an innovator, a pioneer in Web 2 and politics and social media and advocacy. And uh, I don't know who would be reading Solidity Code at that level, right? And who would be able to determine what is what. And uh, there's also no case law for something like that. So the best way to think about a DAO today, and this is 2022, but the best way to think about what a DAO is is as operational governance. It's not. It's not going to give you legal baseline governance. So if you're a just a DAO, and that means that unless you filed in Wyoming, you're not actually a DAO. So you've either Like we are an LLC, now LLC, and that provides us with baseline legal governance. So we can enter into agreements. We can protect IP by the powers of, you know, the IP code, you know, all the, the laws of the land and everything else. And we can enter into agreements with people that are working with us and we can file taxes and 1099s and follow all the rules. And so that's our baseline legal governance. We can have a bank account. You know, these things are really important. Um And without it, you can't. So, but we are operating as a DAO, and are in operating as a DAO, we do things like, you know, have multi-sig wallets and actually publicly publish in our docs who the signers are on our team who signs each transaction. And to me, even just the putting the treasury, You know, transparently available to the public in and of itself is very powerful. Uh, A multi sig wallet is a smart contract, and every signature requires a threshold of signatures uh, to do anything. And so that really provides a lot of trust, a lot of that, it's a way to design for a trustless system um, where it can always be. Taken back to whoever did sign these transactions, right, could be held accountable, and so I think that's really powerful. But so anyway, this idea of the decentralized autonomous organization is very technical, right? It's 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 around smart contracts. Uh, it's a it's around logic, um, but I think it provides a lot of transparency and could have a lot of democratization. I think that people are interpreting it in a whole bunch of different ways. And that's a good thing, right? We we see a lot of different organizations out there that call themselves the DAO and they're doing things to try and demonstrate what that is. And that's super important. That is innovation. This is innovation in the market. But, you know, I'm really reminded by one of our advisors, Risen Hopkins, who's a social impact DAO pioneer said, he said, you can't create a Boolean logic for altruism. You know, this is still about people and it's about people making decisions. And so things like our values really help us demonstrate where we are. Right. And there are things that we can align around as a team, but, you know, more recently I've been able to dive much deeper into Well, how did organizations that kind of have these same principles, how do they do it, you know, for the past hundred years? And it's really interesting in in all of my own research as a social entrepreneur. And, man, I've been in this fight for a long time working on it. But, you know, I've really just started to learn about a cooperative and sometimes called a co-op to be short. But. Yeah. So, you know, I I guess there's like a hybrid model where a DAO is really this superpower. It's kind of like having a mech, you know, that's kind of how I think about it. Like if you have a pilot that's inside of one of those big mechanical machines with like arms and legs, like a transformer, you know, type of thing. um, You know, that is really what a DAO can be. You know, it can really underscore and accentuate and demonstrate your altruism. But the the truth has to be there. And so I think that having, you know, hundreds of years of businesses to look back upon as co-ops really helps me as a founder and a, someone who thinks a lot about this space. It helps me understand how to make something like this scale for a global community and ultimately become necessary in the world by being very principled. And giving people a line to cross and join and shoulder up
1: with. I love that. And, you know, there was something on there too that you said that I really want to highlight as we wrap this conversation up and that it's, you know, you can't write a Boolean logic for altruism um, and that it, uh, it all comes back to the people behind it eventually. And, and and the humans that are really driving it and doing their best to, to, to do what they can to enact change. And I think that that, um, you know, it's, it's working at that, fusion of technology and, and, and human impact. And, you know, it's clear that that's what's happening with ChangeNow. And so I want to first take a moment to thank you for walking us through your story and vision. Uh, I know I learned a lot and I hope those listening in did as well. So what's the best way for folks to get involved with ChangeNow?
0: There has to be something inside of you to want to be involved with something like ChangeNow. You know, I think about ChangeNow as this canvas for other people to really find their bliss and start to walk toward it. You know, I do not have all the answers. I'm the first person to tell you that. And we've had over 30 meaningful contributors that have helped create change now. Every single one of them would tell you that they probably did it for a different reason. And that's really the beauty of something like this is, knowing that we can all come together to build something truly extraordinary for folks that are generations away you know i always think about that the fact that you know it's like uh they always say you know it's a it's a wise man that plants trees knowing that you know i don't he'll never bask in their shade and i think a lot about that concept with change now you know just today i was on the phone with a young man but just graduated working in a VC firm and learning the ropes of that world, which is interesting. But in his part-time job, he's working in an art gallery and also an artist. And we had a great conversation about changed out, but it started by saying that I'm building this to make it easier for you. And that's the honest to God truth. And so I think that if there are developers, designers, librarians, archivists, you know, data scientists, you know, anyone really that wants to get involved with ChangeNow and thinks that they can participate. You know, we have a lot of people help us out with our events, you know, help take names and check people in and just greet people. Super important to make people feel warm and safe and comfortable and that they're not out of place. You know, that's just such yeah. an important aspect. But if you're an expert in keeping people safe in online communities, you know, uh, if, you, if you're so passionate about, you know, writing technical documents and helping people learn how to use powerful new tools like blockchain and Web3, I mean, if you're an artist, right? If you're a changemaker, if you're, if you're doing something out there and it's time for you to be heard, you know, we'll listen. And I think that's all I can say to folks is that it's something inside of you. That's going to bring you to change now. And that's about what we can offer is providing that opportunity to
1: hear what you have to say. Well, if what David just shared resonates with you as much as it did with me, definitely check out the show notes for ways to get in touch, uh, to get involved and uh, to join this incredible movement. So thank you again so much, David, for Uh, for coming on the show today and for chatting with me about your story and vision. I really enjoyed it. And I know that those listening in did as well.
0: Thanks for listening and asking these questions.
1: Thanks so much for joining today. And a big thank you to David for sharing his story. Make sure to visit change.org to follow along and hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using. To those listening in, I hope you'll join us for our next episode, where we welcome another extraordinary changemaker and continue this movement of change, one story at a time.